Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Eber. It is a pleasure and a privilege to be with you as I am each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, then again, midnight Pacific, uh, 3 a.m. on the East Coast if you're listening on Sports Overnight America. Lots to get to today. Uh, we are putting the cup competitions behind us, uh, slowly but surely. Uh, but in the meantime, there are a lot of interesting stories. For example, Arsenal being eliminated by Nottingham Forest is a huge story. But really, the transfer market right now is where the biggest gems of football stories exist right now, particularly Newcastle United, who are now saying they don't have a blank check. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. Anyway, lots to get to today. Hope you'll stay with me. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. And if you miss any part of the show, don't worry, because we have a podcast, and you can get it at anywhere you get your podcast, whether that's Spotify, iTunes, etc. Or you can go to the podcast network, which is the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. Just subscribe and you'll get the show in your inbox as soon as it is over. So we are past the uh, start of the year, obviously, because we're now middle of January. And, you know, typically we look to see kind of end of the year where things looked like, uh, who's top of the table, so that we can start to make some value judgments about where things are going to end. As I've mentioned on this show numerous times due to the situation with COVID, that's made it a little difficult because of, there have been so many matches that have been postponed. But nevertheless, a huge matchup is looming this weekend on Saturday when Manchester City will host Chelsea. Now on Friday, I'll do my patented Premier League uh, pundits prognostication and pick show for you so you're going to want to stand by for that all right um gonna go to break before i do i would like to welcome to the show all of our men and women in uniform listening on the american forces network great to have you with me and if you're listening on one of our digital channels iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning series xm app uh, good to have you with me also all right i'll be right back after this Welcome back, little search and destroy. Iggy and the Stooges. Oh, great stuff. Welcome back to the show, World Soccer Radio. Nick Eber with you on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. The League Cup. Thursday, Liverpool, Arsenal at Anfield. Should have been the second leg, actually is the first leg because the first leg was cancelled when Liverpool claimed they had a lot of positive COVID cases. It turns out a lot of false positives. A lot of people upset about that will have a chat. But right now, Liverpool, big favourites to win at betonline.ag. That, folks, is where I go to do my sports betting, and I do love to bet on sports. I don't bet big money. Just want to make that out there very small. But it's fun. And if 
you want to have fun, you have to go to Bet Online, and they would like to wish you a happy new year betting as they continue their march uh, and we continue our viewing of all the playoffs and beyond. They are the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 at Bet Online, a new year, and there's a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, just use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, all the way to the soccer, the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, Ligue 1 if you want, all of it. Of course, the Champions League, the uh, Europa League, all of the international tournaments as well, as well as Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the incredible offers in 2022 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online it's where the game starts and as i mentioned it's where i have been spending on sports for a long time never have problem getting my money out never have a problem getting my money in i have a problem sometimes my picks are crappy but that's just me so let's get to it shall we the league cup game tomorrow liverpool big favorites minus 115 again this coming off of the heels of Arsenal's loss in the FA Cup to Nottingham Forest. What a shocker that was. So it's probably no surprise that Arsenal are long shots at plus 290. Uh, in terms of odds to advance, again, Liverpool big favourites at minus 180. Odds to advance for Arsenal plus 150. Folks, I'm taking Liverpool tomorrow. I'm taking Liverpool to advance as well. Uh, we obviously have the Premier League coming up. Uh, this weekend, and uh, we're going to get to all of those matches as well for you, as well as a match on Friday in the Premier League. So I'm going to get to it all for you. But we are really talking about the transfer window today. That will be a most of the discussion that we have as we look at uh, how these cups position themselves. Um, African Cup of Nations are, is going on right now. So uh, particularly teams like Liverpool, where they have you know, two of their biggest stars in Mane and Salah out. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, and there's a lot of discussion about this situation with Liverpool in the League Cup last week where they claimed that there were a whole range of positive COVID tests, but we'll see what happens. Look, the big story about deals right now in the Premier League is the deal of the situation with Mohamed Salah, where he has not signed a new deal. There's all sorts of posturing and discussion going on with his agent, talking about, uh, you know, how much he's going to want and how, you know, much of a contract he needs. Uh, but at the end of the day, I am confident, and I think you should be too if you're a Liverpool supporter, he will re-sign right now uh, for uh, for Liverpool. The bigger questions of players out there right now have to do with, of the three or four hottest young players today, we're talking about Erling Brad Haaland, we're talking about Vinicius Jr., Erling Brad Haaland at Dortmund, Vinicius Jr. at Real Madrid, talking about Kylian Mbappe at PSG, and of course, uh, we are also talking uh, about, I suppose you have to really talk about uh, Phil Foden as well at uh, at Manchester City. Um you know, what is this situation? Well, you know, Phil Foden and uh, Vinicius Jr. are not going anywhere. But the two other players whose futures are being negotiated right now are Kylian Mbappe and Erling Braut Haaland at Dortmund. Apparently, there is a meeting set. 
Now, hold on. Let me back up. Mbappe has already said he wants out of PSG at the end of the year. And that is in keeping with what I told you about my expectations for Paris Saint-Germain at the end of this year once the World Cup is over. That they will be dropped like a hot, expensive potato by their Qatari owners once they're no longer needed to help with Qatar, uh, Qatar position themselves in and around the World Cup. Remember, Qatar, a nation that has the World Cup with zero, zero footballing history, footballing chops, footballing bona fides. So things like owning B in sport, things like owning PSG are critical parts of the resume that the Qataris need to make it not seem quite as ridiculous that they have the World Cup. So when you hear Mbappe say he wants to leave PSG over the summer when his contract's up, I, I think you can agree that that's probably going to happen. Where is the beef? Where's the beef? Where's the steak on the plate for PSG or for the owners, the, the uh, Qatari owners of PSG? It's not revenue. The league hemorrhages money. It's not exposure. PSG is a big club in a small league and is quite frankly dwarfed by the global brands uh, such as, you know, um, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, AC Milan, Juventus, um, uh, blah, blah. You know, you know what I'm talking about. So there's just not a lot of Benny in it for them to stay in it. So I would imagine we're going to see Mbappe move. I happen to think that what you're going to see is something incredible in Spain. Not Barcelona. I think we can all, uh, we all have to accept the fact that Barcelona are in a rebuilding phase, not just in terms of the product on the pitch, but also in terms of financially. Barcelona have dug themselves a financial hole that they will get out of, but it will take them a while. Real Madrid, on the other hand, you know, no one really still understands quite the revenue models at Real Madrid, but they seem to be in a much better financial situation, and they're already sitting on one of those three young stars, Vinicius Jr. I happen to think they are also going to land the other two. Can you imagine a Real Madrid squad with Vinicius Jr., Erling Braut Haaland, and Kylian Mbappe? I'm pretty sure that's where we're going. So even though Borussia Dortmund are going to meet Erling Braut Haaland's representatives next week, uh, that is really to find out what he wants, And because I don't think there's any way that Borussia Dortmund is going to be able to retain him. He needs a bigger stage. And, and by the way, that doesn't have to be outside of Germany. That could be Bayern Munich, but financially, I can't see Bayern Munich poning up the dough to keep him or to get him. Or to take him. It is going to be fantastic. You're going to see a continued meltdown in France. I mean, let's be honest. Messi is kind of in the twilight of his career. Neymar in the twilight of his career. Oh, and by the way, in the Champions League, we have Paris Saint-Germain 
against Real Madrid coming up, is that, in fact, the passing of the torch? Is that when Neymar is going to pass the Brazilian star torch to Vinicius Jr.? That's the question. All right, so much to get to. Let me know what you think. Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Gieber. You can find me Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, right here on these very networks. Great to be with you. I love doing this show, by the way. Don't forget to catch the podcast at the Believe Podcast Network. I'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back. World Soccer Radio, Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Nick Keeper with you. We're presented by betonline.ag. It is great to be here. Lots to talk about. By the way, interesting story at the African Cup of Nations. You know, Africa as a continent and as a federation, AFCON, has been plagued by, and I'm talking about from a footballing perspective, um, issues of corruption, uh, mismanagement of funds, uh, you know, poor treatment of players. I mean, there's stories about, you know, some of these um, national teams' players training on, you know, dirt roads. <clears throat> not, not all of them, by the way. You know, we don't, don't want to give you that impression. But, but, but certainly it is a, a confederation, a federation that is uh, rife with issues including, by the way, some countries being banned because of government control over the Football Federation. There is money there. Anytime FIFA is writing large checks and sending them to uh, impoverished nations, there is a tendency of the government and various other entities and people and graft and all the rest to want to intercept that money. So, you know, FIFA's had these issues on and off. But that's not meaning to say that there is not progress being made in African football, because there is. I don't believe we're that far away from an African team winning the World Cup. It probably is certainly in my lifetime that's going to happen. And the quality of African players, I mean, just look from my team, you've got two of the best players in the world playing in AFCON in Mohamed Salah, in um, uh, uh, Sadeo Mane. Of course, uh, you know, you've got other wonderful players uh, as well. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, playing uh, at AFCON. Uh, so, you know, it's not all bad, right? You have to be able to look at things uh, objectively. By the way, uh, of course, we could about Edward Edward Mende as well. The uh, what I think one of the best goalkeepers in the world right now, the Chelsea goalkeeper, plays for Senegal, I believe. Yes, yeah, Senegal uh, is uh, playing in Afcon. So you know, there's definitely a lot of great players out there. So I was encouraged when I saw this article talking about Salima Mukansanga. And now you're like, who is this Salima Mukansanga? Well, she has made history. She's the first woman ever to referee a match at the African Cup of Nations. 
This was in Cameroon. She uh, refereed the Guinea-Malawi match. She's Rwandan. She's been at the Tokyo Olympics, the Women's World Cup in France, and uh, she is right here at the African Cup of Nations. Look, there is no reason why women can't referee men's games. I mean, there's zero reason whatsoever, or should there be? I mean, the fact that we don't have enough women refereeing uh, and in officials in men's games. I mean, men referee women's games. Why not the other way around? I mean, there's absolutely no reason. There's no... Uh, None whatsoever. I mean, I don't even need to debate the point with you, right? But it is great to see these barriers being broken down in areas where traditionally women's rights and women in general have been behind the curve and not offered the same opportunities as, say, women in other countries. So it's very encouraging, very encouraging indeed. And hopefully we'll see a lot more development at AFCON in general around both its financial regularity cleaning up the the some of the some of the uh, national federations and things like equal opportunity and again you know we have such disparity not just in the in women's referees i mean just take a look at some of the women's professional and women's national team games i mean you have the us team beating other teams like 400 to nil that is, you know, those are mismatches that sh probably shouldn't happen, but they are certainly indicative of the disparity in investment, particularly in the women's game. And it's funny how I'm starting to talk about the women's game here, right when we're in the middle of, you know, about to restart the Premier League. But, you know, these are issues, folks. There is a disparity in investment between your sort of first tier federations and clubs and the rest of the world and if we want to build the women's game as an outlet first of all it's a terrific game second of all there's you know there's lots of women that would like to, to participate and be professional athletes and it, it, it's a fabulous outlet for that and it's the way it should be fifa has to make better funding available and better opportunities available on the other hand having a team like the united states beat up what thirteen nil? What was the what was the largest ever? Uh, I, I think that was it, right? Largest ever score disparity uh, in women's uh, women's soccer. Uh, we're going to find it right here. Uh, Australia beat American Samoa back in two thousand one by thirty one to nil. Okay. <laughs> The women's team beat Thailand 13-0. Do you remember this back in 2019? I, I I just don't know. Oh, and then, yeah, of course, right, back in December. I was thinking about the game in December. Thanks, guys. Yeah. England beat Latvia by 20 goals to nil. I don't understand what the point of that match is. If in the Nations League we have different tiers, why are there not different tiers in women's football? I'm not sure what anybody got out of a 20-0 hammering of Latvia or a 13-0 hammering of Thailand. I'm not sure what the benefit is. By the way, I don't mean to say that the 
English team or the American national, the U.S. national women's team should have held back. They're playing who they're playing. They're playing who's put in front of them. And so they're going to win and they're, you know, professionals and they're going to do their job. It, it, it does make you a little uncomfortable, though. And certainly not entertaining, by the way. I mean, you know, there's no there's no entertainment value in seeing one team beat up on another 13-0. So where am I going with this? I'm talking about disparity. I'm talking about how to build the global game for both men and women. And I'm using the fact that the AFCON have had one of their first women ever to referee an African Cup of Nations match as hopefully an indicator that things are changing and that we may very well at some point see more of an investment in women's sports more and more of an investment in women not just at AFCON not just at the uh, um, not, not just at the football federation level but globally in sports we need to do this um, okay uh, probably enough of that from me uh, love to know what you think. Find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'm with you Monday through Friday, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, and then again midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. By the way, Philippe Coutinho to Aston Villa. I can't believe there's not more of a discussion about what a quality signing, loan signing this has been or is or will be. Coutinho, very unsettled at Barcelona, did not get anywhere near the results that people thought they were going to get from him there. There's a lot of reasons. Probably, you know, round peg in a square hole. System. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, Philippe Coutinho is a little Brazilian maestro, has the ability to make all sorts of plays, highly creative. And when you think about Aston Villa, really, Aren't you thinking that that's possibly a big part of what they are missing is that creativity? I, I, I know that's what I think. And when you look at Villa this season with Steven Gerrard now at the helm, I mean, they had two losses they, uh, recently in, in, on the bounce. They lost to Brentford. They lost to Chelsea. Uh, you know. They beat Norwich. They lost to Liverpool. They beat Leicester City 2-1. Creativity is what Leicester City are lacking. And a little defensive stability. But although defensively, they're, 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 they're not any worse than the teams around them. I mean, Leicester City are worse defensively than Aston Villa. But I think this is a really, really, really good addition. So we're going to take a look at some of the uh, transfer moves around England and probably we'll look at them around Europe in general and see who's moving where um, and uh, who so far have done the best business. By the way, a window closed on the 31st of January in case you are wondering. So we're about half of the way in. want to remind you to head over to uh, betonline.ag, use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and get 50% off your next deposit. That's 50% off, 50% bonus on your next deposit. So be sure to pick up all of that free money over at betonline.ag. Uh, 
A-G. Twitter me, at Nick Gebra, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'd love to hear from you. I have a lot of good chats with uh, our listeners on my Facebook page. And by the way, if I've been a little slow in responding these last 10 days or so, please forgive me. There's a lot of stuff going on, and uh, uh, I will get to everything, I promise you. All right, I'll be right back after this. All right, uh, welcome back. World Soccer Radio, Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you on Sirius XM, as well as the American Forces Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. The award-winning Sirius XM app on our podcast is available anywhere you get your podcast. Just search World Soccer Radio, or you can go over to our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network, and find us over there. We're presented to you by betonline.ag. And the transfer market, the topic of this segment, as it is uh, ongoing and open, the window open, as I mentioned in the previous segment, all the way through the 31st of January. Now, typically, look, there have been some very big signings in January. Not many of them. Not many of them. Um, But the ones that have been, you know, have been, you know, definitely uh, pretty meaningful. I mean, if if we look at the top 10 January signings, you know, we can start with Aubameyang, Coleman, Suchek, Tielemans, Adebayor, Arteta, uh, Jose Antonio Reyes back in 2004, Ashley Young going from Watford to Villa, Clint Dempsey, um, Ivanovic, Defoe, Gary Cahill, Coutinho going from Inter to Liverpool, uh, Matic going from Benfica to Chelsea, uh, Robert Huth, Bruno Fernandes from Sporting Lisbon to United. That was uh, last year, or oh, two years ago now, actually. Uh, Patrice Evra, and of course, Luis Suarez being one of the biggest from Ajax to Liverpool, if you remember that one. Vidic from Spartak to United. And I uh, probably the largest one was the Southampton move to Liverpool of Virgil van Dijk. I mean, so there have been some big, meaningful transfers in January. However... These are probably the exceptions rather than the rules. Because in January, there are fewer players available. Most players' contracts come up anyway in the summer. Most teams are loath to part with players, you know, mid-season, particularly with the stretch run ahead. And so the value of those players that are impact, meaningful players that you might want to sign, you know, gets really, really inflated. So that's why you see fewer signings, meaningful signings in January. Now, what we're seeing this January is fascinating. We are seeing some, I mean, uh, look, maybe not the biggest signing uh, money-wise, but Kieran Trippier going to Newcastle United is a pretty big signing. Why don't we take a look at all the teams and let's see who's signed what, who's gone, who's staying. Let's go down the Premier League. Let's start with Arsenal, who have brought nobody in. Uh, in terms of out, uh, they moved uh, Balogun to Middlesbrough. Uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles went to Roma to play for Jose Mourinho. Of course, uh, Aston Villa bringing in Philippe Coutinho, uh, losing uh, Caleb Chukamaka to Livy. Uh, to Livy. 
Uh, Keenan Davis to Nottingham Forest, and Aaron Ramsey to Cheltenham. Brentford brings in Jonas Losey from Midland on loan. Brighton bring in uh, Kasper Kozlowski uh, from Poland. Uh, Aaron Connolly and Jurgen Locadia go out. Burnley don't bring anyone in. God knows they need someone. Jacob Beddo goes out. Anthony Glennon goes out. Chelsea, no business. Crystal Palace uh, lose Jacob Bryan to Swindon on loan, but don't bring anyone in. Everton bring in Nathan Patterson from Rangers. Vitaly Mikolenko from Dinamo Kiev. And they also sell... This just news actually just coming down here um, in the last, I don't know, few hours, I think, right? We're going to see. Let me just check. I'm trying to check on um, uh, how much uh, Lucas Digne sold for. Um They're going to sign Anwar El Ghazi from Villa. We know they've added Mikolenko and Patterson. And I think um, they're getting rid of Digne. I think that's happening and happening like right now. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So that's more moves on the Everton side. Sorry to be uh, having some breaks here, but I'm actually trying to look this up as we speak. Um, it's interesting because, um, you know, if you think about it, if you think about it, the, um, teams that really are struggling like Everton would be a great example, right? I mean, they need to bring players in, uh, bring in Nathan Patterson, Mikolenko's good. We'll see who else they bring in. Keep our eyes on Everton. Leeds, uh, sign... Uh, Mateo Fernandez from Espanyol. That'll be an interesting signing. They need to bring some players in. Leicester, Leicester City, they'll bring anyone in. That's another interesting signing. They have some long-term injuries right now to the likes of Jamie Vardy. They need to get some cover. Uh, Liverpool, uh, as of right now, nobody in. Nobody, uh, nobody out of note. City, nobody uh, nobody in. Fennon Torres goes to Barcelona for £54 million. Uh, pounds. Man United, uh, no one in, no one out. Newcastle, Kieran Trippier and uh, Matty Longstaff uh, back uh, from loan. Kieran Trippier in from Atletico. Uh, Norwich just lose some players. Southampton lose Caleb Watson and Sam McQueen, who retired. Tottenham, no movement. Watford bring in Hassan Kamara from Nice. Samir from Udinese and Ido Kayembe from Upen. Uh, but no one else, and they don't lose any players. No business for West Ham. Uh, Wolves bring in Hayo Kawabi from Zurich, and Theo Corbinu uh, goes to MK Dons. So what would you say the biggest signings are? Clearly, Manchester City selling Fernand Torres to Barca is a big move. <coughs> Nathan Patterson in from Rangers from Everton is, is, is a good addition. I wouldn't say it's you know cat cataclysmic, but we'll see what happens at Everton I think they're up to something. Villa bringing in Philippe Coutinho on loan is a big piece of business, folks. But really, as I mentioned in the earlier segment, the biggest stories are around who's potentially moving. 
maybe not in this window, but in the window over the summer. Sevilla interested in Anthony Martial, although apparently they're not going to be able to uh, pay the bill. Uh, Giorgio Wijnaldum at PSG has been linked with a return to Newcastle, but he's absolutely not interested in going no matter what the money is. Newcastle are going to find that to be a bit of a problem. Um, Jose Mourinho at Roma, this is an interesting story, has actually gone back to his old club at Spurs in an attempt to sign uh, Ndombele, who, from what we understand, is not happy uh, both sides. Spurs are not happy with Dombele. Dombele's not happy with Spurs. Well, not with Spurs, just at Spurs, what's happening. So apparently Mourinho trying to raid his old club from Dombele at Roma. And quite frankly, Mourinho needs help. He can't have another crappy tenure at a club. And he is definitely in the midst of that at Roma. His value as a manager is no longer the special one. It's now potentially the highly overrated one. I mean, his tenure at Chelsea for those three years was legendary. Inter Milan, Real Madrid. I mean, you know, he had his issues, right? Then back to Chelsea, a couple of years, same set of issues. United didn't work out. Tottenham didn't work out. And now, <coughs> excuse me, uh, at Roma. And, you know, the last thing he's won, I want to say was the Europa League with Man United back in 2017. Folks, that's already five years ago. And Roma, to say they're struggling, is an understatement. He cannot afford to have another bad tenure. I mean, Roma to have played 21 matches, okay, They've lost nine of those 21. They're currently sixth in the table. They are 17 points behind Inter. 11 points behind Napoli in third. And six points behind Juve in fifth. It's, you know, the question is, how long will the American owners at Roma keep Jose Mourinho around? Is his value beyond just what he does on the pitch? Because either they're not supporting him or he's just lost his mojo. By the way, I tend to think he's lost his mojo. Uh, you know, I, I think he was a, a, an incredible manager, the best manager in the world at the time that he was achieving the pinnacle of his success at Chelsea. His ego, his persona, the way he kind of ran interference for his players. I mean, all of this was massive. But I think the football world moved on and Jose Mourinho did not. And now you've got guys like, you know, Jurgen Klopp, obviously Pep Guardiola, Diego Simeone. I mean, you've got some really, really, really hot managers right now. Younger, I mean, I don't know if you could say that Klopp is maybe younger, but I mean, managers with, with, with a different outlook, managers with a different approach. Managers that relate to their players in a slightly different way. I mean, I, I think um, I think what we're finding is that 
it takes a different, more modern way of looking at things. And Mourinho's concept of order out of chaos, because first you have to have chaos, is is a bit of an anachronism at this point. And it might have been that the window of that sort of Mourinho style of management really was limited. Anyway, Marcus Rashford also having issues at United. United, not sure that Matt Rashford, speaking of mojo, still has it. In which case, if I were Marcus Rashford, he's only 24 years old, you know, maybe I do go to Newcastle for a big payday and an opportunity to really shine. Speaking of Man United, Milan are trying to sign Eric Bailly. Palace are trying to sign Entechia from Arsenal. Brentford and Brighton, the B teams, already making bids for uh, Hugo Ekitike at Ram in Reims in France, but uh, Newcastle apparently more likely to get him. That's fascinating, by the way, and that'll be a great find for Newcastle. And who are Tottenham looking to get? Well, they are looking to sign a right back, a midfielder, an attacker during the window. This after Conte and Daniel Levy and Fabio uh, Paratici got together and had a little chinwag. That's kind of a roundup of where we're at. We're going to keep looking at it. This is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. Don't forget, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time. I'm right here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM, bringing you the best of the beautiful game. And the honest discussion, by the way. I, you know, No political correctness uh, about leagues and ass-kissing. Uh, I'm just going to give it to you as it is. All right, uh, find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Always a pleasure. Love to hear from you. I'm going to be right back to wrap it up after the break. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. By All right, welcome now, back. We'll talk the radio. Just a couple of minutes left. Boy, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun, by the way, to watch a few things. Uh, the uh, Super Clásicos, obviously, El Clásicos in Spain, as you've got kind of, you know, this young Real Madrid team full of energy and a great talent like Vinicius going after Barcelona, as we saw in the uh, League Cup, I mean, in the uh, uh, Spanish Cup. And also, as, you know, you look to this sort of Brazilian changing of the guard, also speaking of Vinicius, between Real Madrid, I mean, pardon me, between um, Real Madrid and Paris Saint-Germain, which we're going to see in the Champions League as we get to the middle of next month and the Champions League starts up. I mean, that is, I cannot stress to you enough what a huge matchup that is going to be. Speaking of huge matchups, the weekend match in the Premier League, the one we are all going to be looking at, is no doubt, there's no question about what it is. It's the first match on Saturday, folks. It's at the Etihad. It's Man City-Chelsea. 
And uh, if you're not interested in that, you're not interested in football. I, I, I don't know what to say because that match is going to be a cracking match. Now, it may, it may not be the most exciting match at the end of the day um, because typically sometimes these matches become more like teams afraid, unaf- uh, afraid to lose than really trying to win. Uh, but this should be a fascinating match. Uh, right now, Chelsea one point ahead of Liverpool. Liverpool have Brentford. One's going to assume, although wouldn't necessarily make that assumption, uh, that they'll win that match. So this could be an opportunity for Liverpool to leapfrog Chelsea, or it could be an opportunity for Chelsea to eat into Manchester City's lead. So much to talk about. We are presented to you by betonline.ag. Hope you'll head over there. Use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. I'll be back on the air with you tomorrow right here on these very networks. Have a great night. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.